Welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm Delaney Schnell, 2020 Olympic silver medalist. And I'm Heath Calhoun. And I am Aaron Rooney, and this podcast is brought to you by Sideline Scout. Get over to sidelinescout.com. Check out their poolside live package. It is the best video replay system in the country for diving specifically and other sports as well. But just go make sure you check that out. The, uh, they do a fantastic job. The video quality is amazing. The controls are easy to use. So I would, uh, I would kind of hang up the, uh, the apps that you're using and get yourself set up with poolside live. It's, it's unbelievable. It's amazing. So without further ado, here we go. All right. So just to get started here, Delaney, um, do you mind kind of taking us through your journey of how you got started into diving and how you got to where you are now? Um, we know that's pretty broad, but just kind of hit the points for us and we'll go from there. Right. Yeah. So I actually was a gymnast first. I did gymnastics from a pretty young age because I was a very energetic child. So parents wanted to redirect my energy somehow. Um, and gymnastics was a pretty good sport for me, but um, I got burnt out really fast because it was a very demanding sport. Um, physically, mentally. Um, and I was being pushed really fast at a young age. So I kind of realized that gymnastics wasn't really for me. Um, and so I actually found myself at the University of Arizona um, just to watch my siblings train because my parents would pick me up from um, gymnastics and I would see them swimming at the swim club there. And I saw diving and I noticed one of my old gymnastics teammates, she was there diving for the club team. And so I went over and talked to her and just kind of was like, Hey, like, you know, I'm looking at quitting gymnastics and burnt out. Um, don't really know what other sports to try. Swimming wasn't for me. And, uh, she just told me, you know, you should really give diving a try. And it's funny because before that I had actually said like diving looks too scary. There's no way. Um, <laughs> and so she was someone I looked up to and I just kind of thought, you know, um, since I look up to her, you know, I think I should really listen. And I did. And next thing you know, it just, it was like instant fell in love with it. Um, and then th from there, it just kind of took off, you know, I started progressing really quick and I had coaches telling me, you know, you could really go to the Olympics one day in the sport. And I just kind of kept progressing, kept going at it. And here we are. That's awesome. So I do have a question. When, when did you walk on that pool deck? Like how old were you? Do you remember the year it was? I know it was like 2010 around there. Um, yeah, I started in 2010. So I want to say, yeah, I was about 11 years old at the awesome. time. So that would have been, so you would have been going through that program right about the same time that Sam Pickens was in college there. Correct. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Sam has been on the podcast and she was a club teammate of mine back whenever we okay. dove at university at Pitts club. So that that's awesome. Um, yeah. so a question, a question that came from one of our uh, younger listeners had asked as we have athletes on to, can you walk us through your recruitment process? What was that like? Maybe where did you take visits? How did you come to yeah. your decision and the things that were important to you as you went through that process? Um, well, for me, it was a little different because I didn't really take any of my other trips. Um, I think because I grew up in the Tucson community, I realized like how close knit this community is and just like the people here, like love Arizona. Um, it's just such a college town. Like it's a really big college town and I've always just loved the way the community is, uh, so close knit to the school. Um, and also like being around the pool, um, growing up, I've gotten to see like all the divers and the swimmers come in and out of that facility. And 
I've always noticed their team camaraderie is just not like any others. You know, it's very common. You go to a school and the swimming and diving programs are very separate. Um, but here we're very close to the swim team. And I, I really like that because it's nice to have a team of 60 versus, you know, the classic team of 10 divers. Um, so it's really, really cool and really special to be able to, to share like my college experience with a bigger team and just like a really close knit team. Um, and that was kind of like my deciding factor is like the team environment. And like, obviously we have amazing facilities. So getting to tour the facilities and and talk to the weight coaches and just like the staff we have here is super incredible. Um, you know, the process was really kind of the same as any other school. You know, you get the tours, you get to hang out with the team and get to explore the city. And it was just those things that make me realize like why I love Tucson and why I love Arizona. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. So you have had a phenomenal career consistently on the podium at huge events, whether it's Olympics, Pan Ams, Worlds, NCAA. What are the things that you do that keep you at that top level, regardless of the stage? Yeah, I think like a big thing is motivation. And it's, it's really hard sometimes to like keep yourself motivated, especially when, you know, you might not have a competition for months, you know, it's hard to like, remember that you're training for something. Um, I've always just been someone who likes to keep goals in front of me. So like, if you know, I reach one goal, I I like to try and think of the next thing. Um, and just like, try to keep little goals at a time. I think that really just keeps me going. Um, and also like, I've noticed, you know, as I'm getting older, a big thing is recovery. Like if you're it's really, really hard to like keep your body doing what we're doing at this level, especially when you're traveling so much and you have NCAA competitions like every weekend. Um, it's, it's pretty tough. I mean, but like recovery is, is huge. And I've learned how to really like make sure I'm taking care of my body and, and not just like make it a chore. Like I've learned to like really enjoy the recovery um, and just like the kind of kind of the process of keeping myself um at the top, you know, just try and keep my body healthy. When it comes to those goals, you mentioned, how often do you reflect on those? Do you look every day? Do you look maybe every week? And then what do you do to reassess and come up with new ones once you meet those? Um, yeah. So like, that's honestly like with Tokyo, that was kind of a hard thing because it's like, that was the ultimate goal. And so it's like, what now, like, what can I possibly do now? That's like, bigger than that at least like in the near future and so for me it's really just trying to like keep a daily goal of like okay today you know I just want to you know improve this one thing in the pool like maybe just work on this one thing in the pool um even if it's something small like you know just try to keep a positive attitude on deck like as long like even something as small as that like can really help you keep motivated it keeps me driven cool yeah that's awesome. So as you know, kind of reflecting on that question, cause Aaron's correct. You've had amazing success at all levels. Yeah. You know, what do you do in preparation for those meets to prepare for that stage? Um, honestly, I try not to think of it as any different than like any other competition. I mean, obviously those bigger meets were tapering off, um, training and we're kind of reducing the volume and like preparing your body. But like mentally, I try to think of every meet as try to try to think of it as the same thing, just because if I paint this picture that this big meet is, you know, this huge deal, then I'm probably not going to go into it as um, prepared. I'm probably going to go into it super, super nervous, just a complete wreck. So um, honestly, for me, it's just trying to keep every competition at the same level, at least in my head. 
yeah, that, that that's perfect. Um, you know, you kind of segued really well into this next question. Um, and ironically enough, I just heard Michael Hickson talk about this on Laura Wilkinson's podcast is how do you stay motivated? What keeps you motivated? What keeps that drive going? Um, you know, I listened to Andrew made a post, Andrew Capobianco made a post and Michael Hickson talked about maybe that year after the Olympics is a real big challenge. So what has that been like and how do you maintain that drive and motivation? Yeah. I mean, post Olympics was. Oop. Did I freeze? Adrenaline wore off. It's just like, well. Like, wow, I didn't realize how tired my body was. I didn't realize like how hard those past four years were. And it's like, even just thinking about the process that you're about to undergo again is like, that alone can be really um, intimidating. And so I think for me, like I actually struggled, like I resonated very well with Andrew Capobianco's post. Like I also really struggled to get my, um, my determination up, my motivation up. Like I was really struggling to feel like I was improving every day in the pool. Um, I didn't really know why I was still diving. It's like, you know, I just went to the Olympics, like, you know, what's, what's next. So it's, it's hard when there's not an immediate goal in front of you. And so I think like, once I kind of got back into the competing stage of like national, like uh, NCAAs and competing collegiately, um, I feel like I started to slowly get that motivation back. And like Andrew said, like, same thing at NCs, like, I realized, like, I'm doing this because I love it. Like, as much as, like, this year has been really hard, like, I had the most fun I had at the competition at NCs than I've ever had. Like, that was probably the most fun competition. Was it the most successful? No, but I think I got more out of it from a mental standpoint because I realized, like, I'm doing the sport because I love it. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Thank you. So next one I had here um, is what are certain things that you feel like you can work on or what are you currently working on, whether it's specific diving techniques or, you know, the mental side, what are yeah. you currently doing to, to grow and improve? Yeah, I think um, it's always a combination of both mental and physical right now. I think with that tough year coming off of a pretty tough year, I think we're still kind of working on the mental side, but obviously still like breaking things down into the technique right now. Um, cause now's the time to do it. We don't have another Olympics for a long time and college season doesn't start till October, November. So, um, right now we're working on like the little details that we're missing in Tokyo and that we're missing at nationals a couple, couple weeks ago. Um, yeah. So mentally and physical. Awesome. Awesome. So, Kind of rewind just a little bit to you as a young diver. Who were the athletes that you looked up to and just strive to be? Um, Laura Wilkinson, honestly. <laughs> like I, of course, you know, I'm a tower diver, so I've always wanted to be, you know, just like her gold medalist in my event. Um, you know, and I still have that to 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 aim for. So, you know, there's always goals. But yeah. You you mentioned that you're a tower diver, and and that's when I hear your name. That's what I think too. But at the same time, you know, Heath and I now getting a little bit more connected, we were paying very close attention to your springboard and you were on fire, not <laughs> only leading into NCAAs, but I mean, you had a great meet all together, you know, yeah. talk about that balance of springboard and platform. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think springboard's been really good for me because it's actually like you have to learn to be pretty patient on springboard and platform, you know, I'm usually pretty like quick. It's usually a little quicker. And so I think it's teaching me to be more patient and it's actually been good for my platform. Um, and in return, platform's been good for my springboard. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We were excited to, to, to watch you throw down with, uh, with some of those heavy hitters in the springboard, springboard arena. It was fun to watch everybody. It was, we were pumped watching NC boys this year. That was awesome. Yeah, that was, it was a fun event. That's I think it was really cool to see that I could actually be up there with some of the, the big guns in that event, you know, <laughs> For sure. I, I think now though, before Aaron gets to the next question, I don't think we can say like up there with the, like you are one of the big guns <laughs> up there. Yeah. Like, Hey, people might know you as a tower diver, but like you were right there. And I think, <laughs> you know, just a few tweaks and I'm just yeah. excited to see, it's really cool to see yeah. someone that can do all three. Well, yeah, I think so. This summer, I'm actually competing synchro with Haley Hernandez. Uh, nice. at really excited to kind of debut my international <laughs> springboard career. <laughs> it should be kind of. Yeah, that's really exciting. I was. That's awesome. I feel like that's breaking news. I'm sure it's not. But um, <laughs> I, I was always curious who who was going to pair up with with Haley for springboard. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I think we make a really good pair. So, yeah, who absolutely. <laughs> So the next one I had here is, um, what would you tell a young diver aspiring to be great like yourself? I think the big thing I struggled with as a kid was, you know, I was always really hard on myself. Like I grew up as a perfectionist, like I wanted every little thing to be perfect. Um, and obviously that's not realistic. We're human, like we make mistakes. Um, and I think the thing I struggled with was because I started to take this sport so serious at a young age, I kind of like lost the reason why I was doing it which is like I obviously love the sport so I kind of was forgetting that I was doing diving because I love it and so I think my biggest piece of advice is just make sure that you're doing what you love and you're reminding yourself that you're doing the sport because you love it not because of the results sure so um excuse me so um as we go on here, the next question is actually from Matt O'Neill, the Harvard diving coach. Um, he messaged us and said, Cynthia Potter mentioned your elimination of caffeine. How has that affected your performance? Do you find it easier to manage your energy levels? <laughs> oh boy. That's a good question. So, um, that actually isn't exactly true. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of had to talk to Cynthia about this one and she's kind of realized like, okay, yeah, it's not true. So we, we had a conversation actually at Unseas about it. Um, so kind of what happened was Dwight came in and I used to think like, okay, going into a finals coffee just gives you that extra kick of adrenaline that you need. And that wasn't the case for me because I'm already a very like hyper vigilant person. Like I don't really need caffeine. I barely drink it, honestly. Um, <laughs> but I used to just think, Oh, if I drank a coffee, like it was kind of like a superstition almost. Um, but it was more just like Dwight made me realize, okay, like the adrenaline's going to be there in a final. You don't need an extra do dose of adrenaline to compete well in a final. If anything, it might actually have the adverse effect of like making you too jittery. So, um, we actually learned like, okay, we don't need that. Um, and he kind of taught me just to like, hone into my adrenaline and like, you know, work with the adrenaline. So learning to breathe between dives, taking my time between dives and making sure that I'm going when I'm ready. 
um, yeah, just really make, it was really more about breath control, honestly, than anything else. Yeah. So that was a little misconstrued, but <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. You get to clear that one up. That's good. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, cause I, I mean, we, we all heard it quite a few every, times. Everybody heard almost, it. <laughs> almost, almost every time you were up on the board, but it, it's yep. interesting to hear that it was maybe more so from, you know, a finals perspective than like yes. your whole life, if I'm getting that correct. Yes, yes, okay. exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about all of the young athletes that now look up to you the same way you did to Laura Wilkinson. I know. And, and they haven't drank caffeine for the last eight <laughs> months. <laughs> yeah, maybe their parents will thank me for that one. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I'm, I'm kind of a caffeine addict in a little bit of a way. Um, I also, with you, high energy can also channel that adrenaline when needed to. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I drink way more caffeine than I should. I'll be the first to admit that. So when I heard that, I was like, wow, how did she do that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, too good. Okay. So uh, you are, I don't know if you're currently in Washington, DC, but tell us about your experience. I saw USA Diving posted a bunch of things. Yeah. You posted a bunch of things at the White House. What's that yeah. all about? Um, that was a very, very cool experience because this was the first time where they had the DC trip that had winter and summer sports there. So it was really cool to get to meet athletes that we don't normally interact with. Um, I think everybody honestly would tell you the same thing. Like it was really cool meeting, you know, snowboarders and Paralympic snowboarders and just all kinds of people that you just like don't really interact with. Um, but yeah, no, DC was crazy. It, It was definitely like a very special feeling to be able to walk through the white house. I know like it's pretty exclusive to be able to go in there and actually be inside of the, the building itself. And just to kind of get to interact with the president and just hear him speak and hear people of that importance, you know, kind of tell you, you guys made this country proud. Like that's huge. So, I mean, yeah, the whole experience was pretty unbelievable. I've got to say it was, it was pretty special. Yeah. I have to imagine, you know, we're in a smaller sport as it, as it is. And I yeah. see all the, all the, all over social media, if it's a sports team and they choose to go or they don't choose to go. And in my head, I'm like, why would you not? This is no, you know, me this too. Is so cool. Why would you yeah. not go? No, exactly. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't really know. I know a couple were at the Met Gala, so I don't know if that kind of interfered, but yeah, I, I don't know how you could pass, pass up that opportunity. I mean, it was really cool, especially because usually see Olympians when they're competing and when they're serious and here, like we were all just there to have fun and just enjoy like a nice, kind of like a paid free vacation. So, I mean, I just don't know why you wouldn't go. Cause that experience was really cool just to see other Olympians in a different kind of environment. Cool. Yeah. So I have a couple follow-up questions that kind of take us back to the Olympics. So my first question regarding the Olympics specifically was, well, and I know it was different with COVID, but what was that like, experience like not necessarily just the diving but even the social aspects of getting to go and be an olympian in tokyo um you know obviously it would have been nice to be able to explore the city a little bit just because we got there and we were pretty much locked down to the village and then our our facility we were competing in Mm -hmm. um but i've got to say like even from jessica parado kind of telling me you know she went to 2016 and Mm -hmm. She's like, you know, this really isn't much different. Like you're going to be so busy anyway. Like there's not going to be a lot of time for that. Um, And she said it really felt very similar. So that was honestly like really good to hear, especially for a first time Olympian like myself. Um, 
And yeah, I just tried to get the most out of the experience. I mean, competing without fans, I honestly think helps because it just kind of kept that adrenaline down a little bit. And I've got to say, like, it really felt just like a world championships. It didn't really feel like the Olympics. So um, I think that um, was a blessing in disguise, honestly. Awesome. And then, um, you know, my last question regarding these Olympics is take, take us through the moment of getting an Olympic silver medal. Like that is something so many people dream of and will never experience. And what did that mean? What did that mean to you? What did you think about as you were on the podium? All of those things that went through your mind. Yeah. I just remember like me and Jess kind of woke up that day and I don't know what it was, but something just felt really right. Like everything just felt like it was going to be our day. (laughs) I don't know why. Like I woke up not nervous at all even though the last two days I had pretty rough practices. And so I was like, I I should have had all the nerves in the world. And I didn't like, I woke up. It was the only day in Tokyo was raining. And we were like, maybe it's good luck rain. Just kind of joking around. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Like warm up. I remember just kind of saying to my coach, yeah, I think I'm just going to go into this and make sure Jessica enjoys it. I want to make sure she gets the most out of it because this potentially could have been her last meet. Um, She's still deciding right now, but Um, I was like, this could be her last meet. And so I just want to make sure she enjoys it and she has the most fun she could possibly have. Um, And so I think we were just kind of there, you know, we were there to dive and just enjoy the moment. And we knew going into our last dive, we were in second and we were at least in the running for a medal. And that last dive was easily the most nerve wracking dive I've ever done in my life. Like I still remember my heart completely beating out of my chest, like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I just forgot how to do this dive. Like, what do I do? Oh my gosh. Like it was crazy. <laughs> but like when we hit the water, it was a sigh of relief and just kind of like waited for the scores. And we saw we had received like, I think 76 or somewhere around there. Um, and that was enough to put us at least in a medal. And whether it was silver or bronze, we didn't know, but I just remember like throwing my hands in there and like hugging Jess and she had no idea what was going on. I had a lot more idea because I was paying more attention to the scores, but I was like, oh my gosh, we might get a medal. And she was like, what? <laughs> like she had no <laughs> idea, like what? Um, but yeah, standing on that podium was just surreal. Like I remember hugging my coach and he was getting a little teary and her coach, you know, hugged me and was like, thank you. And um, yeah, it was, it was very, very special. I wish I could put all the emotions into words. It's just impossible because that medal represents so much work. Yep. Yep. So you, you led into a little follow-up that I always like to ask, uh, what do you do during competition? You mentioned you knew what was going on a little bit more than just with, with scoreboard watching. Are you a watcher? Do you like to know what you need to do? Um, and how do you balance that with Jess who, who clearly, you know, was, in the, in her own world. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when I'm kind of just having fun and enjoying it, I'm okay with watching just cause I'm not putting that pressure on myself. Um, even though like I was nervous on that last dive, I don't think I had the pressure on myself. I was more just nervous. Cause I knew like that was one of my best dives. I just need to make sure I do what I know how to do. Um, so it was more nerves for myself than anything else. Um, but yeah, I think if I'm like kind of trying to dive well. And I try not to look at the scores when it's like nationals or something, when it's like, you know, a final, but that me, I think just because of the environment felt so different, I was okay with knowing what was going on. Sure. Wonderful. 
Um, so our last question before we get into our kind of our signature questions is yeah. what's what's next? Are we are you training for Paris? Um, do you have a year of eligibility with the NCA left? Like what is the next yeah. you know year year to three years look like leading into yeah. Paris? Um, so I do have an extra year of eligibility because of COVID year. So um, <clears throat> I will be diving collegiately again. Um, <clears throat> Paris is in the is definitely in the equation. Um, I have every intention of trying to compete there, <clears throat> trying to earn um, hopefully a bronze medal or even a silver medal individually, potentially even gold. I, I don't know, <laughs> but it would be nice to kind of get on that podium for um, an individual medal. Um, I was close this time around. I was, you know, third in the prelim, third in the semi, and then just missed out in the final with fifth place. So I know it's definitely possible. Um but yeah, so NC is next year and then Paris. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Very good. Well, uh, we'll get into our signature questions. Um, on this podcast, we don't necessarily treat failure like it's a bad thing. Um, right. So we treat it more like an opportunity for growth. Uh, my first question here is, what is your favorite failure or your best opportunity for growth? Um, honestly, I would say it was this year, like NCs, you know, I went into it and I, you know, was aiming for a title and I didn't get that. And I think, you know, that happened again last year. And, um, actually, you know what? No, I would say last year was probably like that staple, like aha moment, like best opportunity moment. <clears throat> Cause at NCs, I also missed out on an NC title and was, I placed second in platform. Um, and it was right before the Olympics. So obviously it, could have been a very bad thing. Um, it could have really destroyed me mentally and it could have, you know, made me feel like I wasn't good enough to go into the Olympic trials and make the team. But I think I actually took that as motivation and said, you know what, I can't go into this meet super confident. Like I was at NCs. I need to make sure that I'm keeping track of the little details that I might not have been keeping track of at NCs. Um, so I really think like losing that title last year was, a little bit of a blessing in disguise. It kind of taught me, you know, like sometimes you need that failure to teach you the lessons that it didn't teach you before. Yeah, exactly. Almost gives you a little chip on the shoulder. Right. Cool. Um, so the next one here, we always ask whatever entity or whatever diving arena you come from, you know, there's always room for improvement. Uh, NCAA just kind of hot off the, uh, the, the time there question here is what can the NCAA do to improve? I realize that's very broad. Um, yeah. you've had a lot of answers that had to do with the qualification meets, whether it's zones or whatever it might be. Mm, I agree with that one, actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> zones is by far the most brutal meet. I think there should be some way of like, if you're a final, you should be able to like, not have to compete at zones or like, I don't know, there's gotta be like some way or the scores should be higher or something because that meet is brutal. I mean, you're competing it with 60 girls in an event and you're there for four hours, just diving in a prelim and then another hour, two hours after that. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a really, really hard meet. And then you kind of, you turn around two days later and you go compete at nationals. So it's hard to feel like you're refreshed and ready to go. So maybe like more time between zones and nationals. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's always tough to, um, you know, I feel like in my head, I want to say, you know, let's have a couple automatic qualifiers, you know, yeah. is, is a conference champion 
an automatic qualifier. Well, then you get into the debate of, well, this conference is harder than this conference. But at the same time, usually if you're a conference champ, you're you're probably, you got the chops to be there, or maybe you go, maybe you go even deeper. You know, you, you put a a really big score out there. If you get it, you're in plus the conference champs. I don't know. I, I'm I'm definitely, yeah. Very tough. It'd be cool to see some sort of automatic qualifier to the national meet imposed. So again, that the zone meet isn't quite as long um, and, and you can get probably better diving out of it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So our next question here is what is your favorite drill? Now this could be dry land, water, whatever it might be, but your favorite drill to do. Hmm. I mean, I always love come out drills because I think come out is, um, very important aside from the start, obviously, but like a lot can happen on the come out. And right now, like I'm really working on back come outs, like holding my hands down longer before I reach back. So we actually do this drill with a lineup where I put the chamois on my thighs and I mm-hmm. have to hold the chamois there for as long as I can before reaching my hands. Um, mm-hmm. it actually really helps a lot to have that like sensory item in the lineup. Um, yeah, I would say that's probably my favorite drill. I, I like it. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll be very honest. Uh, so I've become obsessed with just screen recording every diving video I see. And I think <laughs> I have like so many of your like lineup drills and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and my one female athlete comes in and I'm like, here's what we saw today. And we've done so much stuff that you've done and oh, it's yeah. helped so much. Good to um, know. I can try to post more of that. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's, it helps more than you would ever know. <laughs> Oh, good. Um, good. So what is the best advice you have either given or received at this point? And it doesn't have to just be with athletics. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like the biggest thing my coach had said to me that was like huge for my career was, you know, do this sport because you love it. Do it because the little girl loves it, you know? So uh, yeah, like do it for the girl that started in the first place. I think that's how it goes. But yeah, that's kind of the quote that he told me. It was the Mia Ham quote. Um, and that's just kind of stuck with me because that's something that I typically forget is, you know, like do what you love because obviously you're doing it for a reason. So I mean, why would you not do what you don't love? I mean, like, why would you do what you don't love? So, I mean, it's like, yeah, for me, that's yeah. a big thing. I love it. Um, yeah. and then our, our, our last signature question is who would you like to hear us interview next? Who do you think would be a good interview? Ooh, who have you not interviewed? <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I'm going to say somebody you've done, but. Oh, uh, there, there's, um, a, there's a lot we haven't done, but even if yeah. you say people we have, it just reinforces that we're on the right path. Yeah. I mean, I think like Andrew, if you haven't done him, mm-hmm. he's a really good one. Or like Jessica Parado, she's good. Mm-hmm. Just to hear her perspective of a lot of the same situation, you know, with me and yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. yeah so, um. So for our listeners, just a reminder, if you uh, go on our link tree, you can see the camps and clinics. We now have two camps and clinics, one for Minnesota Mankato, one for Clarion University. Um, So get on and check those out. Uh, Other coaches, if you're doing camps or clinics, just message us. We will happily advertise it for free. All you have to do is let us know some information. We'll ask a couple questions. We're just trying to get more information out to our listeners. Um, before Aaron does our send off Delaney, thank you so much for joining us. This was one we were really excited for and looking forward to. So thank you for your time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right. So hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod. Our email is the diving pod at gmail.com. Again, t-shirts and hoodies for sale are on divingpod.itemorder.com. Just enter the coupon code dive pod at checkout. That gets free shipping. 
Um, again, thank you so much, Delaney, for joining us. Always cool to have Olympians on and um, super, super excited to see what's next in your career. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. We'll see you next time. <laughs>